When John Lennon wrote Strawberry Fields Forever, it was inspired by a real place, a Salvation Army children's home with a wooded garden where he used to play. In the decades since it was released as a single in 1967, hundreds of thousands of Beatles fans have paid pilgrimage to the site. Next month, they will finally be able to stand behind the famous red gates as Strawberry Field opens to the public after redevelopment. Our guest this week is the Centre's Mission Director, Major Cathy Versfeld of the Salvation Army. I'm Ellen Kerwin. And I'm Laura Davis, and this is Beatles City. So, Laura, what was it like to actually go behind the gates? It was really amazing, actually, because I only live around the corner, so I regularly go past, and for months now, there's been a temporary traffic light outside, so it was really nice that that had gone. And you actually drive in some gates next to the red gates, so I didn't see them on this visit. But it was, I don't know, I was i was quite kind of moved to be there and to see the site and just how big it is and how many trees there are and It felt very peaceful and you can see how it could have been inspirational for John Lennon. So what's going to be there? Well, it's going to be a visitor centre. So there will be an exhibition of some of the history of the site because it was opened there by the Salvation Army in the 1930s and then also about the Beatles connection. There's a very big cafe. I'm hoping they serve good cake because I'm just around the corner. And the cafe has these incredible massive windows that just overlook the garden itself. And they really want people to go and sit in the garden and contemplate life and the big questions of life. But there's also going to be a scheme for young people to help them get back into work. So how will this place slot into all the other really Beatlesy tourist destinations in Liverpool? Well, I think it will make the Magical Mystery Tour a bit longer than it currently is because the bus does stop outside there at the moment. There are always tourists outside that gate just standing there getting a picture with it. But now they'll actually be able to go inside. I think it fits very nicely into it all. You know, it's part of the picture of the Beatles in Liverpool. But also it's very different to a lot of the tourism that we have here because all the money that's raised from visitors in the cafe and the shop and so on will then be ploughed back into their projects to help young people in Liverpool. There is no place quite like Strawberry Field. It is unique for the Salvation Army, but it is unique, obviously, for John Lennon fans and and Beatle fans from all around the world. And, you know, we love the fact that people come in their tens of thousands every year to stand at those gates. And those gates have been there long before, you know, John first encountered Strawberry Field and the Salvation Army here. They were there when the Salvation Army opened its children's home back in the 1930s. And that was what brought us here in the first place is the Salvation Army. You know, we had this deep calling to provide a place of refuge and safe space where vulnerable young people from across the city of Liverpool could come and be nurtured and allowed to grow and blossom and reach their full potential. And it was when we were offering that safe place here that John came as a child himself, I guess attracted by the beautiful garden and the grounds and the sound of the children in the gardens, climbing over the wall mm. to, to see what, what lay beyond the gates and discovering, I believe, a wonderful adventure playground, you know, where he could dream perhaps and have fun with his friends. 
And so it, it is a very special place, uh, I know, for John Lennon fans and Beatles fans, as it is for us. Can you tell me your, your background and, and how you got involved with the Salvation Army and Strawberry Field? I grew up in beautiful Cape Town, where as a 16-year-old, I came across the work of the Salvation Army. And I just fell in love with this church because, you know, the Salvation Army is a church first and foremost. And I loved the fact that here was a, a church that believed absolutely in putting uh, faith into practice. And I loved the opportunities that I had even as a teenager to work alongside, you know, children that were living on the street or lived, living in very poor conditions to organize, you know, Friday nights out, um, sporting events, uh, activities for them to encourage them to build relationships and to develop themselves. And that's really where it started for me, you know, being able to do that. And then, of course, we worked alongside those who, who were homeless, who lived on the streets of Cape Town, doing soup runs and the like. And that was the start of a wonderful journey, which has brought me, um, in recent days, to Liverpool. So how have you ended up here at Strawberry Field? In 1994, I was a member of the Salvation Army Church, but I wasn't a full-time employee of the Salvation Army. But I was offered a, a job in uh, banking in the city of London. And I came over thinking it would just be two years, you know, an opportunity to work and travel and see the world. And my husband and I moved into London. We enjoyed being here, but after a number of years, we felt called to offer for full-time service within the Salvation Army as Salvation Army officers. And so we kind of turned our backs on our previous life and entered the Salvation Army's training college in London. And we were commissioned as Salvation Army officers in the year 2000 and sent out to run churches and centres, initially across East Anglia. And then last year, 2018, I was appointed as the mission director for Strawberry Field. And we've spent the last year not only preparing to open the red gates of Strawberry Field to the public, but also just getting to know this part of the country, which we absolutely love. People are so warm and friendly, very similar to my hometown of Cape Town. I love that. You know, you never know who you're going to meet when you, when you go shopping or you go for a walk. People are just so outgoing and uh, straight. They're very straightforward, which I love. Um, they say it how it is and how they see it. But that's been great, and, and it's been great to see the extraordinary level of support that there's been for this new work that the Salvation Army has planned for this site at Strawberry Field. And it is my absolute privilege and, and that of my team to finally, finally, in a, in a few days' time, to open those gates for the first time to the general public. They will actually be able to walk through the red gates. Well, they, they, the red gates themselves um, on the main road are actually in one piece, welded together. Yeah. So we will have a pedestrian um, gate that people will come through. Fans will then have the unique opportunity for the very first time to actually have a picture of themselves on the right side of the red gates. <laughs> you know, I've seen hundreds of pictures of people on the other side of the gates and have one myself. It would be quite extraordinary for people. I felt quite moved myself coming through and finally getting behind the red gates, as you say. Yeah. And it gets better because back in... May 2000, the original gates were stolen. 
and uh, replicas were made and the original gates have been for a long time at Beatles Story. But the great news is they're coming back to Strawberry Field. Ah, oh, that's great. Yes. So they will be in the garden where people can come and just reflect and sit and contemplate. So, so yeah, the original gates will be in the grounds and again people will be able to take their photos and their selfies. What was the site like when you first came into it? When I first arrived a year ago, they had just done the groundbreaking, so there was nothing, you know, it had been levelled, the, the, the old building, and um, the building company were beginning to lay the foundations, and it's been amazing just to watch it, you know, the building take shape, and then the garden begin to, you know, be landscaped. We obviously kept as many of the original trees as we could and, and you know, kept the, the garden itself as untouched as we could. But, you know, with, with a major building construction underway, there was a natural areas of, of, of the garden that had to then be put back together. <laughs> so the garden is still very important to this site. I mean, I was kind of surprised when I walked in and there's so much of it. Yeah. What we would like to do, and in addition to opening those gates and inviting fans to walk in the footsteps of John Lennon, we would also like to invite people to use the garden as a place where they themselves can explore the bigger questions of life. You know, think about what their dreams and aspirations are. Reflect on, you know, what in life does last forever. John wrote those you know, beautiful words in the song, Strawberry Fields Forever, reflecting something of his experience here in this uh, wonderful garden and we would like to invite people to to think about what does last forever what are the things that perhaps will be our legacy uh, from the site but you know for all those who come so the garden is a very important aspect of the new visitor center that people will be able to come and to to sit and and you know have a picnic or just dream Mm, that's such a nice idea yeah and what else will they be able to do here in the center the visitor exhibition um, will tell something of the story of the place, the story of the work of the, the Salvation Army here from Strawberry Field, and it will talk about the relationship with John and you know the, the, the song that he wrote in resp- response to the time that he spent here. And we will have an authentic and exciting new exhibition for Beatles fans to come and see telling the stories of some of the people that have been here, allowing people to, to see, you know, through videos, through images. There are a few surprise elements, you know, mm-hmm. where people will be able to actually, you know, get a hands-on experience oh, wow. um, here when they're here. But I don't want to say too much because, you know, I want people to come and to just be surprised and blown away by what is here. No spoilers. But, yeah, no spoilers. So, but there is a brand new, exciting, interactive exhibition area, as well as a great retail space where, again, we will have some unique gifts and souvenirs people can take away with them. And we will also have a cafe 
place where people can get something to eat as they sit and look out onto our gorgeous garden. I'm only around the corner, so I imagine I'll be in a whole time. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We want, you know, we want fans to come. We want them to come from far and wide. We want them to have a great experience as, as they visit our exhibition. But we also want locals to feel that they can come and enjoy the, the cafe and the gardens. Over and above that, we are all about responsible tourism as well. So all of the money that we will make from the exhibition, the retail space, the cafe, all of that will go to support the work that we're doing on our below ground level with young people with learning disabilities and other barriers to employment. We will have a learning and work placement hub for young people who will come and initially have a work readiness program that they will attend for eight weeks well they, they will come and they will develop employability skills but we will also work with them on independent skills life skills there will be a lot of emphasis on developing relationships making friends having a support network that won't just be the staff here and the volunteers but will also be their peers and we we include family members in that as well and other barriers that sounds great. And how does that link back to the work that Salvation Army has done here in Liverpool over the years? I love the sense of continuity that we have between what we did in the 1930s as we opened those gates to vulnerable young people as a children's home to now. You know, the age has, has climbed a little bit from, from children to, to young adults. But again, we want to be that place that nurtures vulnerable young people across the city of Liverpool and further afield, you know, Merseyside as well. I love that there is that sense of we are continuing what we believe we were called to do in this beautiful city. So in the 1930s, in 1936, the Salvation Army opened a home for 40 young girls who weren't necessarily orphans but who had challenging family situations and um, a few years later they then opened the home to young boys as well and that continued for about 70 years of caring for these young folks nurturing them and I found it really interesting looking back on newspaper reports from you know around the city of Liverpool which which talked about the young people from Strawberry Fields and how they were a real credit to the place and really showed just what a little bit of love and care and support and uh, a listening ear could do you know in, in terms of transforming them and enabling them to reach their full potential and so we, we're continuing that uh, here with our young people the young trainees as they come and you know, I have experience of young people who have struggled in all sorts of different ways. And as we open those gates and as we encourage these young people, I know that it's not a case of us somehow try to, you know, trying to lift them up to some ideal, some expectation that we have. I believe absolutely that the, the community here at Strawberry Field will be enriched by the input from the young people. And that idea that you can... You can sort of do anything, no matter your background. That's, yeah. that's a very sort of Beatles idea, isn't it? It is, it is. I mean, who would have thought, you know, that those young lads from Liverpool could achieve what they did? And it is, it is extraordinary. 
you know, if you think of the impact that they had then and the impact that they still have today, all these years. For example, Strawberry Fields Forever was released in 1967. It is extraordinary. And what I love is it's, you know, their music reaches out across the generations. And so we see at those gates people of all ages, you know, from all walks of life, from countries all around the world, and I love that. You know, the Salvation Army is at work in 131 countries, and the people that we work with, we support, we partner with, come from all walks of life. In a sense, again, there's a continuity with that aspect, a shared audience, I guess, all around the world, and I love that. Are you a Beatles fan yourself? Did you grow up with the music? I grew up in South Africa, and... I was born the year that Strawberry Fields Fever was released. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm not quite old enough to be one of the original fans. But yes, in, you know, when I was growing up, I remember you know, at my cousin's weddings, we would dance to Beatles numbers and sing along. So I've known of the Beatles music all my life, sung along you know, to, the, to, to the songs, um, enjoyed the music very much. But I, I must admit, coming up here in the last year, I've learned so much. So, yeah, I'm an amateur hoping to learn more every day because the more I learn, the more I'm impressed by how extraordinary the story is and the music is, which will, I absolutely believe, continue for for many, many generations to come. I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans coming in who'll be able to inform you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and I I keep on getting asked, you know, what's your favourite Beatles song? And... um, and then I always say, well, what's yours, you know? And, yeah. and for me, I guess, you know, it has to be all you need is love. It has to be. Although, you know, I'm uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, of course, I think that will become my signature tune. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's so interesting to come behind the gates and, and see it all. Excellent. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for giving us the opportunity just to share something of our vision and our work. <laughs>